the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And I'm on. This is Dr. Bill, and that poor boy been drinking for days because <laughs> he's not sure if she wants him. <laughs> hey, it's well, a problem. I've been there. Well, you know what? I mean, that's all of us. Uh, you never know if they really want us or not. That's right, exactly. And I don't know if that's just their way of kind of keeping us... Uh, guessing. They like us to be guessing, yeah. They do. And, you know, this morning I went out to the car to get my electric razor so I could shave before the show, and my wife comes out the door, follows me out. Where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> I said, I'm not telling you. <laughs> she says, why not? I said, I want to keep the mystery in our marriage. There you go. <laughs> but we love them to death, don't we? Yeah, we need to, don't we? Mm, yeah. Can't help ourselves. You kind of died out there, guy. Oh, I'm fine. I'm Nothing's changed here. Oh, let me turn my thing up. All right. I, I th- can you hear me now, as they say on the commercials? Yeah, I can hear you, but you, your your levels dropped precipitously. But that's okay. Well, Make sure you didn't hit hit a knob or something, Ken. You know, you've been known to do. <laughs> <laughs> I do have fat fingers, but this time my, my uh, hands were actually clasped in front of me. Okay, good. Well, we'll just go with what we got. So um, we didn't get a chance to talk about daylight savings time and the effect it has on us. And I know Marco Rubio keeps introducing a bill every year into Congress, and I guess the House and the Senate fight over it. There must be some financial gain or, as you said, maybe the little kids are getting run over in the morning and the evening when it's too dark. I don't know. Well, originally we did this to save money on oil lamps in like the 1700s. Really? Yes, that's why I think that's why we put this into effect was to save money. Oh, I thought it was for the farmers, but I don't know. Maybe it may be a benefit. I think in the Middle West, yeah, the farmers fought it because of daylights. They wanted as much daylight, of course, as they could get. I'm not sure how it makes really a difference because you're still going to get the same amount of daylight. Yeah, and uh, I guess they wanted to synchronize their days with the rest of the family and the kids since a lot of them get up at dawn. But at any rate, but it's it very have, strange. Yeah, it does have an effect on us. I know I'm I'm out of whack really until we go back to the fall. I'm always feeling a little out of whack time wise. And did you know that it increases the risk of heart attacks? That the and strokes that the incidence of heart attacks and strokes go up with the time change. Did you know that? Um, I do now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Blood pressure is affected, heart rate's affected, and cortisol, which is the cortisone that we release inside of our bodies because we have to have that to live. Um, that's the one everybody's so afraid of. But you know what? You got it inside of you, so <laughs> there's nothing you can do. <laughs> At any rate, 
that those levels are affected because they're highest uh, early in the morning. And so that changes our cortisol level, uh, our circadian rhythms, and that increases our risk of diabetes and heart rhythm disturbances and all kinds of things. So um, I'm all for getting rid of daylight savings time. You can put me down with the Marco Rubio crowd on that one. Oh, I'll, I'll sign that petition too, yeah. Yeah, so let Marco know that uh, Dr. Bill is not in favor of, of – he's in favor of getting rid of daylight savings time. I don't think I've adjusted yet. It's been a week already. Yeah, I haven't. So then the attorney, uh, he's questioning the doctor, and he says, Now, doctor, isn't it true that when a person dies in his sleep, he doesn't know about it until the next morning? Doctor, did you actually pass the bar exam? <laughs> You got to love it. <laughs> these are actual quotes, right? Yeah, these are right out of the stenographer's uh, handbook in, in court. And uh, so, any rate, I'm out pressure washing the um, the street out in front of houses that we did. We poured concrete on four, at four driveways uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we got such a good deal on it. I didn't make the, the concrete guy come back and, and do the, the cleanup. But part of the problem was, Ken, that the the pump guy, you know what a concrete pump is? Uh, I know. What, yeah, sure. Yeah, they, they use it for pools mostly, I think. Yeah, well, they use it for any anywhere where they don't want to, where there, there's a distance and they don't want to splash all over because the chutes coming out of the concrete trucks are pretty messy. Whereas with the with the snorkel on the on the pumps, you can direct it a little better and have better control over the uh, the concrete and not splash it all over. And you, that's important when you're doing garages. I mean, when you're doing driveways, because you don't want to mess up the garage door and the stucco and all that. So you were cleaning up from one of these projects. Well, what happened is the the concrete truck, um, whoever was filling it back at the plant, uh, didn't put any any cement in it, and uh, and so all of a sudden the the truck's pumping out just aggregate sand and and and, and rock, and uh, and so it clogs up the pump. And the pump guy goes crazy, and he's mad as hell. And so he's out there digging out the because he had to empty out his whole his whole pump because it clogs it up and won't go through. You know, sure. it's not yeah. it's not liquid. He dumped it in the street, and uh, and so the concrete guys, of course, they're not going to help him. That's not their job, in their opinion. Um, they're professionals. <laughs> they work concrete. Are they they suspiciously sound like they're union members. Well, I think they're Southern Black Union members, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and so uh, and so the concrete guys, he's all that angry and mad as hell, and and uh, then there's a big mess, and so I, I'm telling Cleo, my concrete guy, I said, Cleo, who's going to clean this up? He said, Well, Doc, for the price I gave you, you're going to clean it up. So Doctor Bill was out there with his little power washer. All right. For three hours yesterday, trying to get all all the concrete uh, off the asphalt, and that was fun. It looks better though. At least it wasn't a hot day, so. No, it wasn't bad, and I had on my uh, I had on my straw hat to protect my ears. Okay, <laughs> cleaning the concrete. And these things happen. And that's because you're the president of the uh, association. I'm still the president, and but uh, is that why you were out there? Yeah, that that and that I was the one who contracted for the concrete work. Oh, I see. Okay, you made a deal. Yeah, I made a deal. I made a deal with the devil. You saved him some money. Yeah, I saved the course. What are you talking about? That's my job. 
Well, I'm a money should. saver. Well, then everybody who saves some money should be out there helping you. Well, that's the whole community because the driveways are owned by the. Uh, that's my point. They should all be out there. Yeah, everybody should be out there. But what are you going to do? I had one guy come out and offer to help, and of course he complained. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have a wand? Don't you have something a little bit more? You know, <laughs> can't you do this? And uh, no, but at least he tried, and I was appreciative of that. Okay. What else is new, Doc? Well, um, you know, Trump says he's going to get arrested. Yeah, Tuesday, I guess he's expecting an indictment. And uh, Elon Musk says that if he does, that'll be uh, a landslide victory for him. Um, I'm not sure how this would all play out. This is not a felony, right? So he can continue to run. Well, he, he you know, until you're convicted, there's nothing that can be done. That's, that's true. Yeah, you need a conviction of a felony. And, uh, you know, this isn't going to go anywhere. It's like all the other crap that they're throwing out about him. And, and really, it's, it's not only about him. It's about all conservatives. They don't want Trump to run, and they don't want us to have any power. And they want to get even. I'm not sure what they're getting even for. What did we do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, again, it hinges on what will the independents believe. And I, I think that this is going to tick a lot of people off in the middle because they're going to say, wait a minute, what are you doing this to a sitting president for? Yes. There was a, Certainly it would be historic, yes. Well, there was a big backlash uh, when Andrew Johnson was uh, was uh, 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 impeached, and of course it went to the Senate, and they they uh, refused to, uh, to find him guilty by one vote. And uh, it, you know what it was over, too, is that he had appointed uh, a cabinet member without Congress's approval, and Congress said, oh, you don't have that power. We're the power that, that appoints cabinet members. And they even had passed a bill just to catch him doing it. I thought the Senate just consented. Yep, they did, and, and a few years later, the Supreme Court overturned it. Okay. <laughs> but by that time, Andrew Johnson had gone back to Tennessee, and he was, I guess, a little bitter and hurt. But I, I don't think it helped the cause, really. You know, they, they wanted him to be... The radical Republicans wanted him to be stricter with the South during Reconstruction. And he said, you know, if you do that, you're just going to end up alienating them, and we're going to, you'll continue the Civil War for another 100, 150 years, which, guess what happened? Yeah, that's right. A lot of Southerners still are bitter. And uh, Did know. Lincoln have any plans for after the Civil War? I don't recall. Yeah, he said, you know, we'll welcome them back as brothers. Uh, uh, and we'll treat them as equals, and we'll, you know, everybody will get back together. And he was, he was a peace and love guy. So it was going to be a, kum, a kumbaya moment kind of thing. Yeah, and then, and then John Wilkes Booth popped him. Yeah, put put a pellet in his head, and of course that was the uh, the end of that. So, by the way, speaking of uh, Lincoln, did you know? that the OCC, which is the office of uh, the comptroller for for our, our uh, Treasury Department, uh, that uh, that was started by Lincoln back in the Civil, back during the Civil War in 1863. Now, the office of the comptroller is who's supposed to be overseeing these banks and uh, making sure that they're meeting all the r rules and regs. And, and, of course, a lot of the Republicans are saying the problem is not that the banks were 
were doing anything wrong. They just weren't being supervised by the uh, OCC. And uh, so, but but this actually came about this whole this whole uh, banking uh, uh, oversight and comptroller of the currency came about because during prior to and during the Civil War there was a lot of different money out there. A lot of states had their own money. Did you know that? Well, they really they hadn't they hadn't uh, consolidated the money yet at that point. No, because uh, because um, Andrew Jackson he was anti central banking. He was oh. a state's rightist, so he had kind of put the quietus to that. He got elected in 1828, and, and he, he had influence the Jacksonian democracy, the De- Jacksonian Democrats. They actually held sway until almost the beginning of the Civil War. You know, Andrew Johnson was uh, – or not Johnson, but Buchanan was a Democrat. Most of the presidents from 1828 on were Democrats. And they did not want a central bank. And but uh, when Lincoln came in, he was a centrist. You know, he wanted he wanted a, a more coherent and consistent country. And so uh, he passed this act, or he had Congress pass it, and that created one currency, and that created an oversight committee for banks. And of course, this has evolved over the decades. But apparently, there's still some flies in the ointment because. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's there's it's estimated there's 150 to 175 banks that are in trouble now, Ken. And uh, it's because they they took out these they bought these uh, long term bonds and treasury bills that were paying low, low interest rates. And then all of a sudden the interest rates jumped up and these things aren't worth anything anymore. So when they go to cash them in, they got to discount them and they're losing money on them. Well, you can't run a bank like that. Can we bail out? Can we bail out? Should we bail out all of them? Well, we don't have a choice. We we have to bail out a certain percentage, or otherwise the the system will collapse. So we have to keep it up. You know, one of the problems with the Great Recession or the Great Depression in the in the nineteen uh, thirties was that the banks didn't have that philosophy. Instead of lowering interest rates and the federal government stepping in to help out, the banks raised their interest rates. They raised them. And uh, that's and then they stopped making interbank loans. They stopped making international loans because, you know, the Deutsche Bank and the U.S. Treasury and, uh, you know, the SODs and everybody money is lent back and forth. It's it's just a way to to meet short term uh, needs and then you pay it back the next day or two. But uh, still, you have to have that liquidity. Money is the blood in the uh, in the economy, it's the blood that flows through the economy, and without that flow, you know what happens if you don't have blood flow? You die. You die, baby. You're toast. Yeah. Toast well, I, you know, it seems like I I don't know if it's a good idea to be bailing these guys out. Nobody ever takes responsibility for it. That's one of my problems. Well, I think that uh, part of the problem is is that you you can't pierce the corporate veil. So you can't go after an individual who's an employee or a contractor of the of the corporation and unless you can show uh, malice or uh, ill intent uh, or bad faith, you can't go after them. You, you know, they're protected. And that's one of the beauties of the corporate, uh, uh, the corporate structure is that you can protect the people in there so that they can function with some freedom. Now, of course, there's not complete freedom. You have to have some oversight, and that's why you have the OCC. But we need maybe stricter uh, regulations from the OCC, and 
a group out in Stanford after the crash in, in 2008 said that uh, the debt to equity ratio needs to be changed because that's where a lot of these banks get into trouble is their their debt to equity ratio and their equity is the, the people that put money in their bank and their holdings of cash and uh, stocks and bonds and whatever else they have to back up their 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 loans. So, uh, so you know, you if you loan out more money than you have in reserves, then you're in a precarious position. If all of a sudden there's a demand for for money and there's a rush on the bank, and that's what happened with SVG, is that they got upside down with with bad investments, and then they uh, they had a run on their money and they didn't have enough money. Why didn't the rest of the banking industry jump in there and say, here, we'll loan you this to get yourself straightened out? Well, that's not their job. That's the Fed's job. So what happens is the Fed will then step in and say, we'll guarantee uh, some loans to this bank. And so they'll go to a bigger bank like, uh, you know, uh, um, our bank is Chase. And that's one of the biggies. So that's that's Chase. Uh, I forget what what firm they were with, and they they got bought up. And Chase bought them back in the crash in '08. Yeah. Any, uh, any rate, so they'll go to Chase and they'll say, okay, you know, you loan these guys money, we'll guarantee that you get it back. And uh, if you don't get it back, then you can have the bank. And so then they force these marriages. Basically, they force you into into a, a bankruptcy which SVG is now in. So the, the, the regulators step in and say, you don't have a choice. You have to declare a chapter seven, which is a reorganization. And then the bigger banks step in and look at their balance sheet and say, well, this is what it's worth to us. And we'll take it over uh, for this amount of money and we'll pay only so much. And then you'll at least have some money to pay back the, uh, the, the bondholders of the bank and the, uh, if you can get a little bit more for the little investors, but the government guarantees with the FDIC up to what one hundred fifty thousand. So, uh, two fifty, I think it was. Is it up to two fifty? Yeah. But they're saying they're going to guarantee everything now. That it, you know, they're well. I mean, they're they're trying to uh, help salvage some of these startup companies. And remember now that these startup companies, a lot of them are woke and uh, they're they're energy conscious and all that. So course the federal government right now they're they're all into that and so they want to save these little companies so it's become political i i think there's well there's always some politics involved you know there's always there, there's always going to be that uh, sentiment that we owe uh those who are trying to do what we think is right um a, a hand we we lend them a hand we all do that you know that's that's human nature that doesn't mean it's a good thing or a bad thing it just means it's the way humans behave um so we'll see what happens but i wonder how many banks are going to go under yeah me too it's as it's coming slowly but it seems to be um steady well i think there's a lot of behind the scenes going on and banks are probably going to the fed and saying you know what we're in trouble and so the fed's making deals quietly with larger banks to uh, shore up these smaller banks until uh, they can write themselves and, and get some more deposits in and, and get rid of some of their debt. And some of their debt, they may have to, uh, you know, they, they may have to uh, uh, negotiate with the people that they owe money to and say, can you, can you take a discount? And that's what happened when GM went under, you know, the, basically the government went in and, and made them a chapter seven. And so the bondholders, they got 50 cents on the dollar. 
and the stockholders, they got nothing because they don't have any right to any money. Now, the bondholders, uh, they have uh, some security, and so they negotiated with the bondholders 50 cents on the dollar, and the bondholders were like, well, I guess that's better than nothing. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> and that's how that works. I mean, it's it's a big mess. Well, but... how long, though, until we don't have any more small banks and we have just like five banks for the entire country, and they're all too big to fail? Well, everything can fail. I mean, you know. Even the even the the giant at the top of the of the uh, beanstalk, he was easily brought down by one kid. So you never know. I mean, there's nothing's a hundred percent, but it's certainly better than it was a hundred years ago when when we had the Great Recession and there were really no uh, financial models to uh, uh, to help guide us on how to handle it. You That's know? true. You can't you can't you can't foresee every possibility. No, you cannot. And uh, and if you could, you, if you were that prescient, why would you bother telling anybody? You just, That's right. <laughs> you just I mean, you go bet on the game and if you know they're going to win, you, you bet the winner. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> it's every man for himself. Well, a good place to start is to, uh, by eliminating or at least reducing our national debt. I think we should work on that for a while. Well, I think that we we need to um, certainly get that in check, but we also have to remember that one of the big commodities that we sell is money. So if one of your commodities is money, then you're going to absolutely positively uh, you're going to have debt because, uh, you know, part of the way you sell money is you say you buy our bonds and our treasury bills and we'll repay you in, in one year, two years, five years, and we'll give you some interest. So then we're in debt. But uh, the other side of that is that we maintain a strong dollar, that we maintain the, the number one position in the world market. And as long as we meet our, our, our responsibilities, and that's, that goes all the way back to Alexander Hamilton, our first uh, Secretary of the Treasury under George Washington. And he's the one who said, you got to pay your debts, guys, because a lot of people didn't want to pay those uh, continental uh, IOUs from the uh, – Revolutionary War, the, the Democratic Republicans, they said this was just a scam and they were jobbers who were jobbers were people who were buying up these notes at, you know, a, a nickel on the dollar and then waiting for the government to come in and and, and uh, make good on it. And Hamilton said it doesn't matter who owns these bonds, who owns these uh, continental dollars. Uh, we said we'd pay it and we got to pay it. And that's why we're the number one economy in the world, because we pay our debts. Um, so, Yeah, well, that's the next big fight coming up in Washington, I guess. Yep, that's the next big one. The next meanwhile, raising the back, debt limit, yeah. Meanwhile, back in, in Fairfax, uh, there's this guy, and he, he started this company, and he takes his flock of sheep, and uh, you hire him, and he brings the sheep over to your, your yard, and, and they eat eat up all the weeds. <laughs> really? Corey Suter. And, and so, um, and they, of course, they, they put their little, their little butt pellets out and that fertilizes the, the property and the sheep are all happy. And they got a picture of the sheep in, in the newspaper and all the sheep are looking at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, they look pretty nice. They look friendly. You know, they look like the kind of sheep you'd want in your yard mowing. Hey, anything to get rid of my weeds, I'm, I'm all for that. They have a before and after, and it looks pretty good. One guy's yard looked like a jungle, and when the sheep got done, 
It was a, you know, well-manicured backyard. Hey, I'm all for that. Get me, get me a herd. I'll take yeah. a herd. Yeah. Uh, and so th- here's the thing, Ken. People think that having trees in, the, in their yard will produce more oxygen and eat up more carbon dioxide. Actually, a well-manicured lawn, as I've said before, will produce more oxygen and eat up more carbon dioxide because there's much more surface area there for photosynthesis. So that's important to consider when you uh, start thinking about how to be uh, ecologically responsible when you're out working in your yard. I'll keep that in mind. I'll have... But that's a lot more work. I was going to say, that sounds really tough to do all year long. Oh, that's hard to do. At least, and, not, at least when I was in Chicago and lived up there, I got, you know, a six-month break. And, and so uh, the, the problem is, is that half the year in a lot of the country, there is no lawn, <laughs> but there is no trees either. Their leaves are off, so there's no photosynthesis going on. So maybe we need some uh, some lawns that are that are uh, cold resistant. We probably have some. I mean, we've developed all kinds of of uh, grasses down here in Florida. We're like the the grass. I think it's uh, uh, Florida State has done more with their agricultural department and. Uh, Floratam is um, a hybrid that that was made down here. Did you know that? No, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, the, you know that grass that, that we all have with the big broad uh, uh, blades and, and it's real tough and green. Um, it, it's a hybrid and guess what? It's sterile, so it, it cannot become an invasive species. So it will not spread beyond a certain distance. You know, it just grows. It spreads by by putting out more growth, but it, it's not an invasive species per se, so it can't reproduce. Well, I've got the Bermuda. Yeah, it's, it's the same same thing. It's that Floratam hybrid. I think they call that uh, some kind of Bermuda grass or whatever. But at any rate, it's probably got some Bermuda in it. But that's interesting. It's fascinating the way all of this works. Meanwhile, Trump says he's going to get locked up. Did you hear that? I heard. You want to yeah. save that for the second half of the show? Yeah, we'll save that for the second half. What time is it? It Jim? is coming up on 930 here, and we got a question. we got a question? i got a question for these folks here. All right. And uh, we do this every week, right in the middle of the show. It's a question always dealt with what? talked about in the first half of the show, so if you were listening and paying attention, you should know the answer to this. And the first person with the correct caller, with the correct answer, rather, first caller with the correct answer at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. We'll win two. Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs. Today's question is, what did Doc clean up off a newly poured driveway yesterday? Right at the street, he had to clean something up. What was he cleaning up there? First caller with the correct answer at 877-969-8600 will win. Ain't that right, Doc? You know, Ken, I want to I want to say this, though. It was not sheep dookie that I was cleaning up. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> any rate. Not at all, no. And don't forget about me. I'm at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. And I want to thank Meg, who emailed me that she could not hear me. She could see me but not hear me on YouTube. So I went to YouTube, and I apparently had muted myself or somebody had muted me. So I think it should be working now. If not, you can get me on 
drbillradiomd.com, or you can get me on Facebook. Uh, uh, you can get me, you can hear me, of course, on the radio at uh, 8.60 a.m. WGUL, which I think you can get anywhere in the world now, Ken. Well, you certainly can in Tampa, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I think we're streaming it. I think we stream. Yeah, it. we are actually. If you if you yeah, want to, so you, can, you can. Yeah, absolutely. You can click onto the website. So you just go to Salem, Tampa, and you click on uh, what's streaming live nine to ten a.m. every Sunday morning. Guess who you get? Your doctor. That's right. With Ken. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's go grab some Joe. We'll be right back. I'm Doctor Bill, your Radio MD. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. A Pentagon study has found higher rates of cancer amongst military pilots and for the first time shows that ground crew who fuel, maintain, and launch those aircraft are also getting sick. The data had long been sought by retired military aviators who had raised alarms for years about the number of those they knew who had cancer. In its year-long study of almost 900,000 service members who flew on or worked on military aircraft between 1992 and 2017, Pentagon found significantly higher rates of cancer. Former President Trump says in a social media post he expects to be arrested on Tuesday in New York. He's urging his supporters to protest. And the Kremlin says Russian President Vladimir Putin visited the occupied city of Mariupol this weekend, his first trip to Ukrainian territory that Moscow seized in September. This is SRN News. Let's be real. AM860, The Answer. Listen on our website, theanswertampa.com. 93.7 FM. W229DJ Dunedin. By downloading The Answer Tampa app or on TuneIn or Odyssey. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical. Located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Full service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical, home of CanCare Clinic, offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an in-office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727 384 When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket costs a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour. 
only on AM860, The Answer. Today we'll have a shower in the air in the morning, otherwise cloudy and cooler, with a high 67. Tonight, cool with a couple of showers. It'll be overcast in the evening, then partly cloudy late, below 49. Tomorrow, partly sunny with a high 68. Tomorrow night, mainly clear with a low 49. On Tuesday, partly sunny and warmer with a high 79. That's your Accurate the Forecast. I'm Garrett Beck for AM860, The Answer. Well, I stack and I And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. We were mentioning before the break uh, about the Trump indictment, possible possible arrest. And I guess McCarthy and the House uh, Republicans are looking to see whether or not federal money went to uh, in any way assist this uh, state level, local level DA who's got it in for Trump. But we'll see what happens. course you know it's not going to go anywhere but they just want to do everything they can to harass the man yeah well it's a cheap political stunt yeah and uh even pence says that it's a you know it's a terrible thing to to try to uh indict a, a former pr- president and i agree with him on that what is it a misdemeanor even if it's a guilty it would be like a misdemeanor i don't know yeah i think that's what i was reading a couple of days ago so at any rate, that's the story there. Now, I got to tell you, I, I had, uh, or I have a patient, one of my favorite patients, of course, and she had been complaining about tingling in her fingertips for a couple of years now. And of course, her and her husband had this long list of supplements for over the counter that they were taking. And I kept telling them it was largely a bunch of garbage. And, uh, and so she's been taking mega doses of vitamin B6. B6, which is, uh, or I guess at some point it was popular to cure something. And and now B6 is one of those rare vitamins that if you get too little or too much, you can get the same symptoms, Ken. You can get neuropathy or, uh, you know, tingling in your fingers and burning sensations. And so we did a, B12, a B6 level on her. It was like three or four times normal. <laughs> wow. This stuff. You don't need B6 if you're eating a healthy diet and you have a normal digestive tract. So at any rate. Are all that, these things uh, unnecessary? I mean. Almost all of them are all unnecessary. All these antioxidants that are over the counter, they're all a bunch of baloney. There's no proof that in vivo, in in real life, that they do anything. Now, of course, in the lab, you can show that they do something. And you know what an antioxidant is. That's something that adds electrons back to the uh, to the mix. And uh, you know what the classic example of oxidation is. What is that? Rust. Oh, sure. Absolutely, yeah. Because iron gives up electrons very easily, and oxygen loads electrons, and so oxygen will attach itself to iron and eat up all of the iron electrons, and then you got rust. Now, the same thing happens with, with fat, you know, with uh, cholesterol plaques uh, in your arteries. The uh, oxygen will attach itself, and it'll suck out all the electrons, and then you get these, these uh, basically organic rust. They're, they're plaques that are going to uh, coagulate and eventually harden, and then they block up your arteries. <clears throat> But there's a, a whole bunch of these antioxidants. You know, every something new comes out every year. That uh, the latest is mimosa. Now I had a mimosa tree in my yard when I lived in Louisville. God, they're nasty things. 
<laughs> bang this shed and you got all this crap all over your yard for for weeks and weeks and then they have these real fine um uh, roots that back in the days before we had pvc pipe you know when we had joints you know when you had your uh, cast iron pipes and your metal pipes with with joints they'd work their way into there and because of course there there was fecal matter and and, uh, and you know there was nitrogen and so there there was a desire by the tree to get in there and get some of that good stuff that they like and it stop up your you know clog up all your lines going out you know wow take that yeah. take that yeah. tree yeah. out Wrote a root of mat every so often, Ken. It was just, <laughs> any rate, so mimosas are the latest. And uh, What's, What are they supposed to do for you? I've never heard of it before. Um, that it, and they make some kind of an extract out of it, and I forget the name of it. I, I'm not even going to mention it, or everybody will be running oh, out. Okay, yeah, I, sure. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's, uh, it's supposed to be an antioxidant, which uh, is supposed to eat up free radicals, which are oxygen uh free oxygen that's running around causing all this trouble oxidizing and causing organic rust inside of us. And uh, we know that, that, that that's a real thing. We know that oxygen uh, over time will interact with different parts of the body and different uh, biochemicals in the body and cause rust. And, and we know that there are antioxidants that, um, that do work uh, but they are in the lab that they work. They don't, there's no proof that they work in the human body. Now we do know that like vitamin C is an antioxidant, but it's not as potent as guess what? Your statin drugs. That's the most potent antioxidant you can, you can get that's actually biologically active inside the body. And that's why it has become such a mainstay of uh, cardiovascular treatment and health. And even if people have normal, uh, cholesterol levels can if they've had a heart attack or a stroke or blocked arteries or anything they get put on a statin because it helps it's helping me yeah you look better already <laughs> so i'm rusting from the inside we rust from the inside okay i'll have i'll have a i'll have a brillo pad for dinner tonight but the only diet scrub those veins out the only dietary antioxidants that, that we know actually work in the body are vitamin A, C, and E. Uh, but uh, vitamin C interferes with statins. So, uh, and it's, it's, unless you've got scurvy, you don't need to take vitamin C. And I haven't seen scurvy lately. My mom gave me a vitamin C pill every morning for like and 20 years, at, 10 years yeah. probably, yeah. And, and that's what made you want to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> that's what did it. That's what did it. <laughs> hey, we got a winner, Doc. What do we got? We have Donnie Oburn. Donnie Oburn of St. Pete. Hey, Donnie. Was the first one in with the correct can with the correct answer to do the, the question today, which was what was Doc cleaning up around his uh, driveway? And it was uh, the remnants of a concrete pour. Yes, it was, and it was a mess. <laughs> yeah. Had to have the, out there three yeah, hours with the hose and the uh, pressure washer and all that. Oh my God! And I had three hoses hooked up because I had I didn't want to use anybody else's, so I was dragging that thing around from my house <laughs> up and down the street, and uh, you know cars were dodging me and running <laughs> my house. I had to pull my my feet out of the way a couple of times, but we got it. Looks much better. Donnie, you've won uh, two Doctor Bill your Radio MD coffee mugs, and uh, Doc's getting that out to you. 
And by the way, Ken, you know, Meg, who gave me the heads up on the uh, on the YouTube, no sound, if she calls in and gives you her uh, address, I'll send her a couple of mugs just for being so nice. All right, Meg, we'll be waiting for that call. All right. And so the only dietary antioxidants that we know that actually do anything in the body are A, C, and E. And uh, again, C interferes with statins, and st statins much better for you than than the C. And then the E, um, you know, you can get too much of that, Ken. Um, not sure what that does for me. Well, D-alpha tocopherol is the active ingredient in vitamin E, and it's a necessary vitamin, and we know that there are babies who get uh, a form of anemia who don't have enough vitamin E, so we supplement the formula with some vitamin E. And, of course, A is important for skin health and eye health and a whole bunch of other things. And these things have all kinds of uh, secondary effects, but... Uh, you know, you, you should get most of that in your diet. And then if you take a one-a-day vitamin, then you'll get plenty. You'll be fine. Unless you have some stomach problem where you're not absorbing. But that's that's a whole other kettle of, uh, of vitamins. So you do like the one-a-days, the Centrum Silver stuff? Yeah, you can take that, yeah. yeah. Now, the guys don't need iron. So get the men's because the women's have iron in it. Because women, they run a little bit lower hemoglobin and, you know, they menstruate and all that. So men generally don't need uh, additional iron supplementation. And remember, iron is toxic. It's a heavy metal. And uh, it will add to uh, cardiovascular disease. It'll add to uh, kidney disease. It, it, it affects a lot of organs. So it's, it's a very tightly protected um, metal that the body needs to transport oxygen and carbon dioxide back and forth. But it's... It's a tremendously complex uh, metabolic uh, and biochemical pathway that's involved. You've got, you know, several, probably a dozen different chemicals that are involved in the capture and maintenance of iron and then in the recycling of it and then and to get rid of it, too, because, you know, the red blood cells, they only last about 120 days and then they break down. And when they look like they're about to break down, there's these cells uh, that live in the liver and the spleen, and they, they scan. I mean, they, they, that's all they do. They scan red blood cells to see if they're about ready to die, and they snatch them up, and they ingest them, and they uh, reprocess everything, and they, then they hand the iron off to uh, different protein carriers like haptoglobin. And, and that protects it, and then that's carried back to another part of the body where it's recycled and goes back into the bone marrow. And it's a very, it's just a big complex thing. And then you look at the hemoglobin molecule, you got one iron and you got this molecule that's probably the size of a, relatively the size of a football stadium, and you got one little iron in the middle that's just a dot. I mean, just a little dot. And uh, that that's, it, it's it's an amazing biochemical uh process. I really enjoy studying that stuff. But, you know, forget all these supplements. It's all a bunch of baloney. All Fine right. Enough. Well, thanks for the advice. I'm glad you got to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there, there are studies all over the place. There, the government, even the government has looked at all these studies and said there's just no data. There, there isn't. It's like all these uh, dietary supplements and fads. If, if you cut your calories, you're going to lose weight. And that's what all these dietary supplements and fads are. They're just calorie cutters. 
so you you cut your calories and you and you burn more uh, calories and and you'll lose weight. Exercise a little more. Yeah, exercise more. Meanwhile, out in California, did you hear about this guy that he had set up a hidden camera in his bathroom so that he could film his little kids when they went to the bathroom and their friends, and he was selling it as porno, mm -hmm. kitty porn. Oh man. His wife found out and busted him, called the cops, and now he's in uh, he's in uh, leg irons or whatever. May he stay there a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know, come on, this is bad. <laughs> but on the flip side of that, this is a positive for dads. There's some research out now that shows that dad jokes help kids develop into healthy adults. So all those corny jokes and puns you'd tell your kids. Mm-hmm. It'd be so embarrassing to them. <laughs> it teaches them how to deal with embarrassment. And, it, uh, you know, it's also puns. It gives them some uh, some word strength, helps them build up their vocabulary, and, uh, and lets them know that, you know, dad's not just a stuffy disciplinarian. So there's a lot of benefits to this. It's a way of interacting. And it's a way of, of sharing. And, uh I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't want people to think all dads are bad. Purpose. <laughs> I mean, well, if my kids ever talk to me again, I'll be happy to give that a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to do that and stick by your kids guys. That's my, that's my advice to you. So I've been working on my plasma gun. Your what? Plasma. You know, my plasma weapon I talked about. Oh, your plasma. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to get set up in the garage, but I, I can't seem to get enough lasers and energy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so many gigawatts of power that I need. And the, I, I've asked uh, Duke Energy if they'd put a substation out in the backyard. Uh, they won't do it. You, want, you need one of those new, uh, portable nuclear ones, those small nuclear stations that are talking about these days. Yeah, but the plasma weapons are so much cleaner. You know, they just wipe out a whole city, and then there's no elect, there's no radioactivity afterwards. So Yeah, well... I hate yeah. to see a mistake be made in St. Pete. I like it there. It's nice, pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd be all for it. So <laughs> but uh the feasibility, I guess there are some people that say, well, this isn't really feasible. Well, yeah, it's feasible, but we just don't have the technology and the ability to do it. Uh yeah, you got a billion dollars, you can do anything, you know. And, and you know what they're you know what they're doing this for on a really small level is for fusion. So they, they're creating these plasma balls. Uh, and then by bombarding these uh, hydrogen plasma balls with uh, helium, uh, they're they're creating fusion, and and the fusion creates gives off energy. So they are doing it, but it's in very small quantities. You know, like you know one millionth of a gram, and you know these reactions only last milliseconds and if or microseconds or nanoseconds. But at least it's the beginning. You know, you got to start somewhere. And if you can figure out how to harness this and create a plasma weapon or some plasma energy form, uh, I'll get you a Nobel Prize. Oh, that's the holy grail, yes. It's that's, essentially free energy. Well, nothing's free, but it's energy. Okay, yeah. It's cleaner and healthier, supposedly. It's the power I, of the sun. Well, that's what they said about solar energy. How's that working out? Well... This generates more heat. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. 
you boil, of heat, boil a lot of water, you can create a lot of uh, electricity. Speaking of heat, the French are heating up their town. They're melting down. Paris are melting down over Macron has increased the retirement age from 62 to 64. Oh, my God. That's horrible. All Those, the way to 64, huh? Oh, my. The, you know, they're going to suffer so much. <laughs> it's so sad to see. And uh, I feel sorry for the French. They're 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 having a hard time over there. Maybe they should take their lunch breaks, you know, back to an hour instead of two hours or three hours, or whatever they take over there. And I think they only work a four day week now. And they have the month of August off, I think. Uh, we were travel. We were driving from uh, Italy up to uh, uh, Switzerland. Of course, there's a there's a, a thumb projection of France that goes. Uh, east and it, it's between northern Italy and southern Switzerland, and we're driving through there, and we pull off at a at a, at a rest stop or a gas station or whatever, and there's all these RVs, and I'm like, what the hell is this? It's a bunch of sixty something people that are retired. They get these RVs and they drive around the country, and they they seem to have a good time and drink wine and eat cheese and do whatever the <laughs> French do. But I'm like. Oh wait a minute! These people look way too young to be retired. Oh no, that's France. What's the age right now? Where did it start? Where they increasing it to sixty-four from what? Sixty-two. Sixty-two. All right. Damn, I'm I'm late. Yeah, I, I would have been retired two years ago. I, I should have done it twelve years ago. <laughs> but I, you know, I don't understand. Uh, I, I guess it's just a different way of looking at life. But I love to work and. Uh, you know, people that are successful, generally, they like to work, Ken. They like to be busy, and they like to be productive. And, um, you know, it, it makes me feel whole. It makes me feel needed. Uh, um, you know, I'm putting some money in the bank, so there's a reward to it. And uh, the wife doesn't yell at me, and I don't have to sit on the couch with her. So, well, that's what happened to me. I came down here to be, you know, at least semi-retired. And I found I had so much part of the day empty that I just had to find something to do. So I... Stop by Salem, see if they were looking for a helping hand. And they were. And I'm glad they were. Yeah, and I'm glad they were, too, because now I've got you. Now you're mine. <laughs> what are my highlights of my week working with you? <laughs> so I hope they don't tear down the Eiffel Tower while they're burning down the rest of the city. But the police have blocked off areas around the central government and the Champs-Élysées, which is the big boulevard through uh, the main drag of town, um, or, you know, the Arch de Triomphe. Arc de Triomphe. The you know, Triomphe, yeah. Yeah, that, that – and we think Champs-Élysées is, is some really uh, exotic meaning. It just means military camp. That's all it means. <laughs> I didn't know that. Camp. <laughs> Field for, for soldiers. But, you know, kind of like Soldier's Field up in Chicago. Remember that? I sure do. So uh, – and poor Macron, they're burning him in effigy. And what they're upset about is that he, I guess he did this pretty much by, by decree, by fiat, and he bypassed their parliament. And they don't like that. They wanted to vote on it. They want everybody to have a say on it. Kind of like our, our little uh, HOA here. Everybody wants to have a say. Well, so, so it was an executive order. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's too bad. Dr. Bill's the president, and he's giving you an executive order. There you go. At any rate. What are you going to do? It's life. <laughs> oh, my. So so what do you think about this thing with Trump? I mean, um, the House Republicans are decrying it. And even, you know, uh, Vivek Ramsawamsi, you know, the guy that's running against 
Trump. Oh, him. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, he's a... He's an American, but his parents were from India, and so he's um, a, an entrepreneur and apparently very successful, and he's running on the Republican ticket, or he's running for the Republican ticket, and even he's decrying this. Even uh, Pence is decrying this, and, you know, Pence, I don't think, likes Trump a whole lot anymore, does he? Uh, I don't think they're best of buddies, no. They're not going no. fishing this weekend, you know? I don't think so. I don't think they're, they're, they're bosom buddies anymore. So, at any rate, they're all decrying this, and uh, I, I think it's I think it's a real bad precedent to uh, to start to go after to use uh, criminal code to go after political uh, adversaries. But nobody asked me, and I don't see how we can stop them. So, well, you can't stop them. But the only thing you, you do is throw them out of office. That's the only thing you can do. If they'll do it, I mean, this is, you know, left-wing New York, and uh, it's hard to get people up there to actually behave and act like humanoids. <laughs> kind of like California in that respect. Yeah, and uh, even Elon Musk, as I said earlier in the show, he is saying that if they do this, uh, that'll ensure a landslide victory for Trump. Well, we'll certainly get the base fired up, you know that. Oh, absolutely, but I don't think he's got a problem with the base. It's that middle area where he's just going to, you got to have to convince. And unfortunately, people don't have that long a memory, so some of the things that he said that they found offensive, uh, they will have forgotten by the time he's coming back around. And he, he uh, uh, surprisingly said that himself when they criticized him when he was running in, in 16. And, you know, they said, well, this is, and he said, I had six months. People don't remember what I said. So what's the difference? And that's probably true, Ken. It is really, certainly. It really is. America has a very short memory. Well, I think it's just human nature. It's fun for a while and then we move on. Yeah. And especially in a country where change is so, uh, uh, is so, ingrained in our 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 dna our our national ethos that we like change we like to see things new come along we like to improve and and uh and it it, it is amazing to me that uh the great uh historian of the early 19th century de tocqueville alec tocqueville he was a frenchman who came over here and, and then he came back again and he was studying us and, and documenting and writing about us and so in the 1830s, he was, I don't know, in Boston down at the shore, at the dock, and, and there was a sailor in a clipper ship, and he was marveling at, we invented the clipper ships. They were, they were fast cargo ships, light, narrow, uh, but they still could carry a lot of cargo, and the sails were arranged so that they were the fastest boat on the water at that time, the fastest ship. And de Tocqueville said, wow this is really something. And the sailor said, yeah, for now. So it'll be gone in 10 years. We'll have something new and different. And de Tocqueville was, you know, he was kind of surprised by that response coming from a sailor, but that that's our nature. That's the way we are. We, we, want- we love the new. That's right. That's why I'm all in favor of um, term limits to tell you the truth. Well, that means that you don't want old people in office. Can't- I'm thinking that it, term limits are just a good idea. <laughs> that's just my personal feeling. Well, then I, does that mean I can't run? No, you can run. Just can't run like 40 times. 
I don't think I'd make it 40 times. <laughs> Doc, we got about 30 seconds left here. You want to mention the business for a few minutes? A few seconds anyway, 30 seconds. All right, let's talk about it. I am Dr. Bill, and we have a wonderful practice in St. Petersburg, Florida. We have telemedicine. We have in-office. We have all kinds of uh, facilities, x-ray. We draw labs. We do quick tests like strep and, and uh, COVID testing and all that. And we, we do cardiology, non-invasive. And for the Canadians, I do a lot of uh, lesion removals and plastic surgery. I had one lady come in. So long, Doc. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.